All right, everybody, we're live. Segment two. Uh, we after the Super Bowl, we got a little Mahomes talk. Well, we I mean, we already touched on this. We're going to talk to you on it briefly, but you were talking about how much money you expect him to get and whether it's going to get, be guaranteed. And I think, like, you're talking about 90% of it, 95 Almost all these players now, at least the elite-level players, Julio Jones got, almost, I think, 99% of his money guaranteed. Really? Not all of it. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the same thing with 90-plus north so like, guarantee. So what do you think Mahomes will get? I think that he's going to get about $150 million. I think it's going to be basically all guaranteed. Okay. Uh, that's that's yeah that's that's exactly five years. Uh no, well like four. Four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. That puts him in the forty million dollar range. Yeah. And I think that's where he's going to be. Yeah. Could be. And he's going. And by the way, and then have another an opportunity to get another contract after that. Sure. You have two more contracts. But uh, you know, just circling back to what we're talking about, right? That's a whole different landscape for the Chiefs if they're paying somebody forty million dollars a year, as opposed to. The eight or nine he's getting right now. Uh, you got to think. Here's the thing that that Brady doesn't get enough credit for because you know he's obviously linked to Belichick and and that that partnership is I I don't know if it's equal parts. Uh, Belichick probably deserves a little bit more of the credit you would think. You know, but Brady deserves a whole hell of a lot. Anyway, yeah. At the end of the day, Brady doesn't get enough credit for. How shitty his wide receivers have been outside of a period right. of time where he had Randy Moss. Uh, now, granted, he had Gronk, and they always paid Gronk and gave him that outlet. Uh, and then he, but then he made these guys, or the system made these guys, out of Julian Edelman and Wes Welker before that. Well, and these guys are like uber secondary talented. receivers they had, like Troy Brown. What? And whoever else coming through the system and so, just recycling with new guys. Whether it's the system or whether it's Brady or it's – and obviously usually it's some combination of both. But right. that's that's what you have to get from Pat Mahomes. He's basically a guy – and that's what you should get for that amount of money is a guy who can make his wide receivers better, who can carry a team. Now, here's where Andy Reid is really good. Uh, he'll draft a guy who has a lot of speed. That's what Kansas City has all over the ball Yeah, is speed. And the guy doesn't have to be paid a lot. He can be in his rookie deal, and then you move on to the next guy who has a ton of speed because they're always coming out of college. Yeah. And identifying that guy who fits in your system, Andy Reid does that probably better than anybody. Right. Reid's got a type. Yeah, for receivers. sure. Another reason why, or another factor in this salary cap thing, is why it's kind of silly to pay running backs. Because if you got to tie up a lot of money in that position, sure. it's like, what's the point? You know, you got Damian Williams, who could have won the MVP yesterday. And what you can say is, look at what Saquon Barkley gets you. You know, without an offensive line or without a quarterback who who uh, is a difference maker, Saquon Barkley's a great player, but, he, you know, he's not getting you into the playoffs. He's not even getting you close yeah. to the playoffs. Even, even the Titans with, with Derrick Henry, right, he put up these – these 180-yard games, these just amazing games. You couldn't sure. ask for better for better performance out of your wide receiver or out of your running back. It didn't translate to a lot of points, you know? I mean, it won them games. They held on to the ball. Sure. But it doesn't translate to a lot of points necessarily. Yep. And, you know, they get stopped in the red zone a couple times here and there. Yep. And it almost becomes ineffective. Yeah, no. I mean, you can certainly, and you can always, almost. I just always, don't think it's good news for running backs. No, <laughs> you it, know, it hasn't been for a long time, and it's not going to get better. I mean, and the thing about it is, 
the big contracts that you have don't look great. Like Todd Gurley's contract isn't a great look for a running back at this point in time. Uh, Zeke Elliott, he actually had... Uh, he had a very good season. He had a very good season, exactly. But they did not make the playoffs. But they didn't make the playoffs. You know, and, and, and I don't know how much San Francisco is paying their committee of running backs, right. but it's not a ton. No. And the Chiefs aren't paying Damian Williams a ton. You can scheme the running And the Patriots weren't paying their guy a ton. Sure. And so on, you know. And it's like uh, you can you can generally pl- – obviously, some running backs are better than others, but in general, you can plug in other guys and gain yards. It's just younger is better at that position. And when it comes – to how much money you want to dedicate to that position, right? Less is better. All right. So before we before we uh, top off football, yeah. uh, move and move on to you know sports that are going to be active. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we talk about who we think? I don't know about top ten. What about like top five? That's fine. Going into next season. That's fine. What do you okay? What do you, you got a number one? How about we start at five? We start the other way. Yeah, we will start the other way. You're like crescendo. All right, you go first. Who do you have at number five? All right, I have I have New England at number five. You have New England at number five. Yeah. Not knowing what's going to happen with Brady. It's a it's a it's obviously a question mark, but just based on the last fifteen years of New England, I feel like they're going to be up there. And here's what I feel about Brady. I'll make this quick. But you were talking about his lack of receivers. Right. I do feel like they've got a decent pitch to him this year, which is we will get you some weapons. We almost made a Super Bowl last year. And you had nothing. Right. We will, and I don't know what exactly their plan is, who they plan on targeting or whatever, but for the love of God, they've got to be able to come up with better weapons than they had this year. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. Right. You know, I'll put them number five. It's hard for me to put them further out. No, I, I hear you. Uh, I just think they've got so many question marks and they look so bad, uh, at times this season and yeah. down the stretch, uh, just weren't competitive. And they lost to the Dolphins. When they needed to win that game, they would have had a bye. Okay. Uh, they had a lead in the fourth quarter. So, and they looked very ordinary. All they had to do was stop Ryan Fitzpatrick. They couldn't do it. And they looked very ordinary against elite teams. Uh, so, for all those reasons, uh, I don't think I have them in my top five. Okay. I'll go with Seattle at five for me. I have Seattle at eight. Okay. The bet online odds does not have Seattle in their top they have them at, the, at 11. Is that right? Well, tied for 10 with the Chargers. Well, I wonder whether they think Jadavian Clowney is going to leave, and that's a big deal. Could be. Could be. Also, like the like the Patriots, Seattle does seem to overperform every year. And, you know, just looking at the roster, I think some people just might go, I just don't want really to see it. Yeah, but I got, you know, number one, they always run the ball well, uh, regardless yeah. of who's back there. You got Russell Wilson, who seems to be like Brady in that he yes. can carry a team 100% over and over again. Pete Carroll can scheme defense, and they had a decent defense this year and probably will have a really, a, at least defense, decent right. defense uh, next year. And then you got D.K. Metcalf, who's coming to his second year uh, and just looks like a physical specimen. Rookie you know, and along with Tyler Lockett. So yeah. you know, for, all, for all those reasons, I think – you know, they're, they're going to be right there in the mix. Okay. Who do you got? All right, four? I got Dallas. Okay. Who do you have a four? Um, you don't remember, do you? No, New Orleans. I didn't prepare for this. Either. New Orleans, okay. Uh, yeah, zero, zero percent preparation. Okay. Uh, you have New Orleans. All right, three. I got San Francisco. Yeah, I would agree with San Francisco at number three. Okay, we're probably going to share two and one then. 
because I got Baltimore too. And then Kansas, Kansas City. City yeah, I'll go, I'll, I'll go that way. All right. Now let me and, and again the team that you think that didn't make the playoffs this year that can make a huge leap is Dallas, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna live and die. Uh, I'll throw the, Pittsburgh in there, but Dallas would probably be my number one team that fits that bill. Pittsburgh speaking, yeah, Pittsburgh with a young defense that's hungry and aggressive. They get back Ben Roethlisberger. You would think that Juju Smith is a lot more healthy than he was this year, as long, right. along with those running backs, John, James Conner. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you would think that they, they have a bounce-back season. Uh, who was I thinking about? Um, that didn't make the playoffs? What's that? A team oh, that- living down on the, on, on the sword that I call the San Diego Chargers. Because, oh, yeah. I, again, I think they get Derwin James back. Uh, I like their running game. Well, we have and no I idea that- who's going to play quarterback for Yeah, I think it's addition by subtraction. Uh, I just think, I think, I think Philip Rivers lost them a lot of games. Yeah. And I think that defense could be dominant, uh, and they could be like the San Francisco 49ers uh, next year. A couple good running backs. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. San Diego. We'll see. So, They'll finally have a decent stadium. Yeah, but nobody's going to go. Yeah. Unlikely. <laughs> Unlikely. And they couldn't, fill a, they couldn't fill a soccer stadium. So they're going to have a bigger stadium and nobody's going to go. I agree. I mean, that was all the way out in Carson, but I, I still agree. Yeah, I mean, it's in England. You're talking about 20 minutes. I, we're not talking about yeah. I mean, Carson, you know, it's, for, for those that don't know, Carson is about 20 minutes down the 405 from England. So, 20 minutes? Yeah, I guess so. Right? Yeah, Something it's, like it's that. Not, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. that far. It's right by Long Beach. It's, it's going to be... Uh, that's why they desperately would love to get Brady. Of course. You know? And by the way, you have Brady for that team, they'd probably be right around your top five, top so six. So that's a possibility, I mean, in terms of the teams that Brady would be willing to go to. But anyway, I digress. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, the thing – well, one of the things I have on the list that's probably a bit quicker yeah. uh, is we're going to have spring training opening up pretty soon for baseball. Yeah. We got Mookie Betts to the Dodgers, uh, which people are lots of people are calling inevitable. Yeah, it seems like it, and they're still they're still trying to negotiate how much of the of Price's contract the Dodgers will pick up and who the Dodgers will include. Seems like Alex Verdugo is a lock. He's a very good hitter. Yeah, he is. Uh, and Probably not rookie of the year, but all rookie team, right? Yeah, yeah, he he he's outstanding. Um, and then. A couple of high prospects, yeah. which I'm fine with. Well, here's the thing. Do they have a deal to re-sign Mookie Betts? Because that's the problem with Boston. I think I, – no, they don't. You know, Boston had – Boston's issue is they don't think that they can re-sign him. They're floating out there, and, and it's obviously coming from the team yeah. to make people in Boston understand why they would trade a – you know, so, I don't know if he's a generational talent like Mike Trout – but certainly a MVP top contender, five tool guy. Perennial. Uh, you know what I like about him? He is one of the best bowlers in the country. You were telling me about that. Yes, and I like that because I think it says something about him. I think it says that he is willing to really work because bowling is not something you're naturally good at. You know what I mean? Well, hand-eye coordination, I'm sure. Helps. I'm sure also, but I bet he puts in a ton of hours and like he's a, he's a thinker. Uh, I like it. Yeah, hopefully more hours, you know, that engagement. Hopefully. But anyway, like what I wonder is whether the Dodgers have some sort of agreement in place that they're gonna that he's gonna sign. I don't know. I don't know. No, my hunch is that they if they trade for him, they would at least be of the mind at least be of the assumption 
that they were going to be able to resign him. I wish everybody would stop pretending like offense is our problem. I don't, well, I, I agree. I said I, I texted you. And last I don't week. know how good David Price is going to be. I'm fine with the trade because maybe he'll be good. Yeah, that was but, my point. But he might not be. And uh, and at the end of the day, this team hits like crazy anyway. You know, I mean, no, I more runs will be better, I suppose, especially in the uh, in the postseason. And he's he's sort of a, a, a prototypical uh, leadoff hitter, which we've never we haven't had in a long time. Well, here's the other thing that you have to mention, though is it's also playing a little defense against the Padres. Because the Padres are the other team who is interested in trading for Mookie Betts and yeah. closely trading for Mookie Betts. And they've got a lot of young talent on that team. And they can uh, basically pass in the Dodgers if you keep adding talent like Mookie Betts and you get a couple yeah. pitchers. It ain't going to happen next year. They're not passing anybody. Let's They're not the pitching. Um, but I think they have young pitching. They do. They have young talent. But I don't. I don't think. And a great farm system. No, them. I know they got a lot of talent in the farm system. Uh, but I don't think they don't, will. Don't be, get some cocky cut. I well, I mean, I think it, it it really is is accepted. The Dodgers are the heavy favorites to come out of the West. No, they could sure. win that division by 12, 15 games again. But here's the thing: with baseball, you just never know. No, you never know. You never know about health. But I, I, you know, I don't know. The, all this Mookie Betts talk, it's its more just kind of like smoke and mirrors to me because, yeah, it'd be great. He's an exciting player and the offense would be that much better. But it's just not going to come down to, to another offensive piece. Right. So, anyway. Going next year, you got to figure the Yankees are the favorites, right? Well, yes. if you were going to say who has the best team in baseball, it's probably the Yankees, right? Yes. Nah. The Yankees are the favorites. And then the Astros. Yeah, I think They're the Astros are going to be all fucked up. Well, I think, I think their heads are going to be all fucked up. Yeah, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, uh, no, they will. Well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they will. Listen, their pitchers weren't cheating, really, you know. No, definitely. Uh, well, but they don't have Garrett Cole anymore. Yeah, true. But um, whatever. They're, they're going to they're gonna be very good. So anyway, all right, that's all the baseball talk I can take. Wow. So, so, well, until spring training starts, I feel like. You know? Yeah? Yeah. All yeah. right. But the other thing I was thinking about, and these two guys squared off, and they exchanged jerseys, which Dion was on, Dan Patrick, and he asked him, did you ever exchange jerseys? He goes, nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, about, I, was, I was about exchanging jerseys in my day. Uh, I was out there trying to rip dude's head off. Did and Zion and, and John Morant Zion and John Morant jerseys? exchanged jerseys after the game. I don't love it. And they're competing for Rookie of the Year. They're also competing for the playoffs. And that was what I had on my list is basically who would be more interesting to see in the playoffs, John Morant, because he's underrated in terms of Zion sucks all the air out of the, out of the room. John Morant does some eye-popping shit. Dude. Yeah, dude. He almost dunked by jumping over Kevin Love's head. Um, I still And they've got a good young team. Well, you're, so does New Orleans. I mean, Brandon Ingram's been very good. He's an all-star this year. He's been year. very good. Uh, and they got Drew Holiday. And, yeah. and Lonzo Ball is kind of shitty, but they got him. For sure. Um, J.J. Reddick's on that team. I heard Andre Iguodala is – he's on Memphis, but he hasn't played this year. Yeah, I saw that. He's, he's doing not, like media shit. He's not going to play till they trade him Yeah, to one of the top contending teams. That, that was always kind of the understanding, I guess. I yeah, know. I think it was mutual. It's something I read. But it's, kind of, it's kind of fucked up by Andre Iguodala. Well, it certainly doesn't seem like a great like you know, move. A very desirable in a guy. Right. I guess you don't want to play for a rebuilding team who's been competing for championships and all this. 
But how about giving back to the game a little bit? Like, well, that's a young, What else do you want to do? Not play? I mean, like, they'll trade you if they can. Well, and that's a, that's a young, talented team. So it's basically, you get to mentor John Moran a little bit. You get to mentor, yeah. I think it's Jaron Jackson is the center that they have, who's really good. They've got a lot of young talent. You can help Brandon Clark, I want to say, is another guy that they have, who's really good. Out of Gonzaga. You know, yeah. I don't love it. I don't, I don't, I don't love the, the, the dollar comments. No, I don't either. I don't love it. By the way, Zion's been incredible. Zion's been really good. And, and when I when I texted that to you last week, I was thinking that I'd prefer to see Memphis in the playoffs with John Moran and the rest of those guys because yeah. they have a, lot, a really young, talented core. But Zion's been incredible, and you can't you can't help but want to see more more of Zion. See what he can do. Yeah, he's fun. I I don't know if they make the playoffs, uh, but it would be fun. It would be it would be a lot more fun. Then probably half the teams that are actually going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I hope he does as well. I hope he always makes the playoffs. But, um, yeah, hopefully those teams improve next season. And we'll see. Oh, you know what else I had in basketball? What's that? Which we saw on Friday. Oh, uh, I know where you're going with this. Damian Lillard. Yeah, well, they had the Kobe, we should mention, again, uh, they had the Kobe Bryant tribute in L.A. because it was the first game the Lakers played after his death in Staples Center. It was definitely – we didn't like the instruments behind it, but definitely moving. Yeah, it was – I didn't think it was great, to be honest. I didn't think it was executed great. I didn't think the music was great. Yeah, I didn't like the music behind, behind what he was saying, but at the same time, Kobe, like, super smart guy, super intelligent, uh, with a perspective on life and an outlook on how you attack life. And whether you agreed with his outlook or not, you knew that he had a perspective – and that he followed that perspective, and yeah. he, tra- he he treated every day I know. as if it were his life. One, one crazy thing about him passing is you hear all these comments from him about life in general. For sure. And it's like crazy that a 40-year-old guy was asked so many times about his philosophies about life. I don't think that he was asked that many times about it, although I think probably towards the end of his career, he was asked about it because it was basically, what are you going to yeah. do in the next stage? I think that he generally just liked talking about that. Could be. And, you know, he liked, and he especially liked talking to younger people about that and how you attack life and the, and the way that you should approach every day and your craft right. and all of those different things. Like, there, there are stories about uh, how he was prickly with the media, but at the same time, the reporters that he respected the most were the ones who asked him tough questions and went right after him because if you're going to do your job, you better be an animal about it just like I am. And you better not be scared. Yeah, and it was it was very cool how he was embracing women the women's game. Of course, you know yeah. what I mean. Like if you have a daughter right now, like you love that. You oh, know? a thousand percent. So yeah. anyway, a thousand percent. But, but anyway, so we saw the they played the Blazers and they lost. The Lakers lost, and you yeah. had to be rooting for the Lakers given all the things that were going on. Sure. But Damian Lillard, he's going crazy. He's averaging about forty five points a game. That game, he had 46, 10, and 9, really? I want to say, near 46-point triple-double. And I feel like he's probably the most underrated player of his generation. I don't know. Could be. He year does, in, year out, he's incredible. He does need, you know, he, he could really use a, a, a championship run. He, they made it to the conference finals last year, I want to say. Didn't they? I don't know. <laughs> I no, because know. no, because it was Denver and it was uh, Denver and Golden State. Okay, and but they they were no, I know close. they could they could they could well they could they could he, his career his legacy could use that. 
I you know? you. And it just sucks because that team's not very good right now. Everybody's hurt. No, but they've been winning those games. If he's because he hasn't been that great all year. Yeah, but I don't even think they're in the playoffs right now. No, they aren't. You know, at this and point that's, it's kind of that's uh, a little brutal if uh, if that consistently happens. Well, he's consistently in the playoffs. Uh, the West is just a, a, it's a dog tough, fight, but it is all what the it time. Is. Yeah, speaking of dog, dog shit, dog shit. Say. Okay. Uh, I, I went to dog. I was talking about a dog fight, and the Sixers are dog shit. Oh uh, boy! I, I, I just gotta say, it was oh, like boy. twenty points to the Heat. To the Heat. Granted, it was in Miami. But what are you kidding me? Do they need a Do they need a new voice? Do they need a new coach? Something like because it seems like this team's playing with dead energy. People have been talking about that, and they went to bat for this coach going it well. And B went to bat for him, and then Ben Simmons didn't say anything. And they say that Ben Simmons and B don't love each other. And it's just, I mean, this team needs something because they Unacceptable they, with the talent they got, right? They're not even close to competing with Milwaukee. Right. Like, they're not even close to competing with Miami. Right. Uh, or no, Boston. No, they got by like 20 tonight or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and by the way, every time yeah, I watch Boston and I have to watch Jason Tatum and think about how yeah. great it would be if we had him, rather than having traded up. For Markel Fultz, who's no longer on the team. I play for Orlando. And playing better. Playing a little better. It, uh, that guy's always a mystery to me, but anyway. Yeah, no, the NBA, uh, it, it, it's a, well, you know, it's a rough pack for Sixers. Maybe they get it together. Yeah, I mean, all the matters. got the All-Star break coming up. All that matters is the playoffs. Yeah, you got the All-Star break coming up. Uh, they're doing a weird thing with the tribute to Kobe where it's quarter by quarter by quarter, three yeah. quarters for charity, and then like the 24 I read points. it. I, re- I, I barely remember it. It's, it's, it's whatever. But the All-Star game's whatever anyway. Yeah, I agree. You, you got the dunk contest. Uh, you got Dwight Howard who's in there. And then a bunch of guys that I don't think I've ever heard of. Is Morant doing it? No, which is kind of crazy. Is, Le- is, is Levine doing Levine or whatever? I don't think Bulls? Zach Levine for the okay. Bulls is doing it either. Uh... Yeah, all you can do is hope for a good dunk contest. It's I don't think rare. the dunk contest is any good anymore. And usually the three-point contest is good, but you got all these guys who are hurt this year. Yeah. So you don't get Steph Curry versus Klay yeah. Thompson. You got Devin Booker, who's good and probably should have been an all-star uh, and didn't make it. But it's kind of a big who gives a shit, right? Yeah. I, I mean, agree. if we're being honest, the three-point contest is kind of like a who gives a shit. And now you might have Luka Doncic, who's current uh, who's here. Yeah, so for for all those reasons, the All Star weekend doesn't seem like it's going to be all that great this year. No, I well, whatever. I could give a shit about it. Kind of down here for basketball in general, maybe. Because you well, got the, yeah, you got the Lakers who are dealing obviously with this. Uh, Ratings LeBron, have in general been down all yeah, year. LeBron's not as popular as he used to be. I feel like people are kind of tired of him. He's also on the West Coast, which is not helpful. You got him on the West Coast. You got nobody, you know, no superstars uh, in the Eastern Conference at all. No, perhaps it'll help uh, help more when Durant is back next season. Yeah, maybe. You know, I don't know. I don't maybe. know. I don't know. You know, it probably would help if Steph Curry come, comes back to the West and you got Clay Thompson. And then you got all these superstars who are really competing. You know, you got whether the Warriors can come back with that core without Kevin Durant. You got whether Kevin Durant right. and Kyrie Irving can form a different core. 
And then you've got AD, and you've got LeBron. And then the Clippers. And then you got the Clippers, and then you got Houston, too. What about Philadelphia? Fuck Philadelphia. Nah, you're not in on it. Is you? I mean, they got to, who knows? If they if, if they if they keep it up the way that they're going this year, they, one of those guys is probably gone. I agree. And beat or Simmons. And I agree. But I you know, we'll have better, I feel like we'll have better comment. Let me just say to the listeners, I feel like I'll have better commentary about the NBA. After the All-Star break, I'll start dialing in a little bit better. Yeah. And um, providing that, that great pod that I that I know I got in there. Yeah. But I just don't have every time. No one else knows that you got in there. No, but I – well, yeah. I do. You can feel it, I feel like. Yeah. You don't think so? Yeah. Okay. All right. Miami, with every is a CLO, which I like. You don't like the story as much as I do. Wait, what is it? So, so Ed Reed. Oh, the U, the U. I thought I was talking gonna, about the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be COO. And I wish more. I think it's dope. I think it's a dope idea. I wish more teams would do it. You have him as a former player who's basically going to come in. He's going to scout. He's going to basically try to be like he's inspire. He's going to try to recruit all these different things. I think it's like I think it's genius. He gets to keep himself in the mix. Uh, he gets to kind of uh, inspire, coach. And do all these things without having the complete time commitment of being a head coach. Yeah, I, I listen. I don't know. My my immediate reaction is he's probably not going to do that much. He's probably going to recruit, right? Show up at fundraisers and stuff like that, and then show up at you know games and practices when he wants to. I bet you he's at practice. What else does he have to do? Well, I don't know. It's a fair point. I mean, if he if he really loves it and wants to be there, see because. On the other hand, you had Deion Sanders, who basically said on the Dan Patrick show that he thought he was going to be a head coach next right. year. The question is, does Ed Reed want to do the work, I don't know, of a coach? No, but that's the thing. He could make it more of a 9-to-5 job where basically he's on campus. But then that sounds more aligned with what I was saying, which is showing up in fundraisers and doing this and that. That's not, though. 9-to-5 is basically you're there at most practices. You're just not having to break down film. You're not having to basically make recruiting calls all the time. I don't, that seems like a weird position for him to be in. I feel like either he's going to be all in as a as a coach type figure, or he's going to be a figurehead. Yeah, but I don't understand. Like you don't have to be you can be all in on your nine to five job, nine to six job, whatever it may be. And you're not a figurehead. You're 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 in the mix. You just don't have to keep coaching hours. John Gruden's. I don't see that happening. Why not? I don't know. Because I, I I just don't see it happening. I mean, if he's not going to be coaching with the coaches and working all that stuff, then right. how much is his input really going to be taken? And well, because okay, no, I'll tell you exactly. Okay. How. Because he's sitting there and he's watching a wide receiver running a route in a certain way, and he says, "Listen." If you do just this, if you make this subtle movement out here, then you're going to set the DB up, and you're going to go this way. And he's watching a DB, and he says... And then he's going to go home at 5 o'clock? What's that? The kids are out of practice at that All time. Right. That's a great All thing right. about college. We'll there's see. only so much of the practice done. So the kids are out of practice. He just doesn't have to break down game film. He doesn't have to do all the rest of that shit. So, yes, he can still be just as involved. Okay. I think it's... Yeah. I think... It, I think in, in in real life, it would be weird for him to be giving that advice and, and making those suggestions and correcting, you know, certain behavior on field and stuff, and then leaving at five when the other coaches still have five more hours of film to watch, and then showing up he's at nine. When, I know, but then but then why is he? Because he's a CEO. Because he's 
He's helping the program in so many different ways. But what if he's telling something them something that the coaches aren't telling them? I mean, then he's not going to go and tell the coach. Well, of course he may be telling the coaches something that – or telling the players something that those other coaches may not be telling him from his years of experience. So, yeah, that's the whole point. But he's not going to sit there and try to contradict the coaches or try to no, show them, try or try to. To show them try off. To. Not try to. All right. Hey, we'll see. You just you just a resentful motherfucker. No, I like. You'd, you'd be upset if you won, wouldn't you? You were a coach. No, I just think it's more of a figurehead deal. I think it's more of a recruiting situation. Yeah, personally, I think, I think, uh, okay. I think if he lives in Miami, I think he'll be there. Okay, we'll see. I got we'll faith in that. All right, good. Uh, you still want to talk about Michael Vick, thirty for thirty? I mean, it was dope. It was He's, really good. I why well, I actually haven't finished it, but that was really good. Here, here's. There were a couple things I wanted to talk about with that. One is that Bill Simmons, and it's crazy how sometimes this happens, where ESPN really does make make the individual to a degree. Bill Simmons is kind of falling off the face of the earth. Like he was heavily involved in HBO, and he was going to do their program, and maybe he still does that on the production side. But at one point in time, he had the TV show that was on HBO. Um, I feel like, and he probably still does have does have a podcast. I just don't listen to huge podcast. But I feel like he was all over the place, and I feel like Bill Simmons isn't obviously as uh, visible as he used to. Yeah, be. he well, he, he doesn't have as much on-air stuff. He's still running the Ringer, which he owns, and they're about to sell for two hundred million dollars. Well, good for him. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 he. At one point, he was a little overexposed. Sure. Right. I mean, like, because I like Simmons and I like well, reading I don't think his he stuff. was good at the HBO I don't, show. I don't, and I don't think he was good, think, frankly, on the pre-NBA show. Right. That's he's not. He's not great on TV. He's a great writer. Yeah. He's great, and he's great. At, I'm sure he's great at his podcast. As well. He's 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 good at his podcast. Got you. He's not great on TV. Yeah. No. And, and he's a very good writer. Right. And that's really where I think he's, he's just sometimes in. kind of stiff. I feel like. Yeah. And uh, he's also. You know, let's let's be honest, right? Like past high school, the guy never fucking put on a uniform, and he can be a little bit snarky. snarky yeah, sure. And and when you hear the snark, you know what I mean. It's one thing to be a writer because you can kind of hide behind it, it's sure. expected. But when you're on TV and you're kind of like throwing insults, right. you know what I mean? Especially like uh, passive aggressive insults. Well, it's like you know who the fuck I mean? are you to, yeah. to be saying that? Yeah, I, I, sure. I, absolutely. And and I don't think it really. Uh, Comes off well on camera. Yeah. I think people look at him like, "Fuck this guy." You know right. what I mean? For sure. But um, like a know it all. But he is a talent writing. Oh and, well, and the reason that I brought him up was he he invented thirty for thirty. Yeah, he's yeah. done a great job with those. I mean, well, he doesn't do them anymore, but he was the one who started the whole concept. Does he not? I think he still produces. I think so. I don't think he does anything for ESPN anymore. That's interesting. I could be wrong. I think he's yeah. still at least an executive producer. That might just be name only because maybe he got in in the beginning kind of thing. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe because it's his concept, his name always has to be on yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, he invented it, uh, and it's incredible. And the yeah. Michael Vick one is one of the better ones because he's so honest about yeah. everything. Right. You know, he was honest about his upbringing and about his dad and about his relationship with his dad and about his relationship with his friends. And how he got to college, and he was basically like, it's just a bunch of white fucking people yes. who are cow tipping. I saw and that. I have too. to go home anytime that I can. I saw, and I, I thought that was poignant. And For his sure. friend saying that too. For sure. And his friend who just comes, who basically comes with him back to college and just hangs out with him. And it's crazy because people are talking about how 
Michael Vick took care of his friend, and granted, of course he did. He had him on the payroll. He had him in this college environment, away from places where he gets shot and drive-bys right. and gang activity and all those things. But that friend was taking care of Michael Vick, too, and making sure that he didn't feel totally homesick, making sure that he didn't quit college, and making sure that Michael Vick became Michael Vick. It's a, it's a fucked-up balance that these kids have to, have to, oh, have to, have to walk with, with you know, trying to fit in in a place where no, they don't have nothing in common with almost anybody. It's a culture shock. You know, culture shock. And like, I don't remember my dad talking. My dad went to the University of New Hampshire, and this was obviously back in the 60s, and he was from the inner city. Right. Uh, and he said he got up there, and he was just like, he had no idea what well, the fuck was And do these on. guys want to be, these? you know, the last thing these guys want to be known as or thought of are as... Of guys who who sort of uh, you know abandon their friends that they grew up with, right? For sure. That that's a horrible thing to think of yourself, and and a horrible thing to be labeled. And these are his genuine friends, but when his genuine friends, and it happens all the time, have no money, have no For access sure. to anything, you know what I mean? They latch on. Everybody's motivations get fucked up. And it's just a tough thing for, for all these kids. Yeah, I mean, and the, it was funny the way that the friend described uh, their lifestyle. And he basically, they'd gotten this house where it was all of his friends. And this is how the bad news kennel happens with Michael Vick and the torturing of dogs. And what caused him to go to jail and interrupt his career and losing out on yeah. nearly $100 million. Is basically, he had his friends set up in a house. And his friend goes, and his friend goes, we were dealing drugs out of that house. He goes, there was a cop who was across the street. We, we figured he was watching something else. But we also figured it didn't matter because we, and he said, we got $100 million. Right. You know, and that's the way that they were looking at it. When, when, when I come across people who, who don't want to, uh, don't want good things for Michael Vick now because sure. of what he did. Sure. My thought is always... Shouldn't the goal always be uh, genuine change? For sure. Like Michael Vick, who is now genuinely well, see, here's the thing, a better though. person. And, and, you know, it's like there's so many people who want to keep, keep, especially, and I know you're not on Twitter, but people talk shit about him all the time. Yeah, but here's and it's the, like if the guy's genuinely changed, isn't that the whole point? Not necessarily, because here's the thing. You would you would have to acknowledge that there are certain things that somebody could do that are unforgivable, right? Yes. So that's what, so that's what I'm saying is that there are people out here, and, and don't get me wrong, we live in a society where people are incredibly judgmental, and there's a lot of hate and vitriol just for the sake of hate, especially on Twitter and, and social media where you don't have to face a person right. and all these different things. So people go overboard in it. Oh, but gosh. with with that said. There are people who obviously say, what you're talking about is the torture of a helpless animal that was depending on you for love and um, and their life and support and, and their food. And it's unforgivable that you would do this to this dog. Fine, unforgivable. Fine, I get it. And, 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 and even I may be in that camp because I, I love dogs. But, like, sh shouldn't those people's – wouldn't you argue that those people's goals – should really be a new Michael Vick who no longer wants her dogs, who advocates on on behalf of dogs, who has who's not apologizing for the money, but apologizing because he genuinely means it. Like, what? shouldn't that be everybody's fucking goal instead of just let's 
let's continue to pile on him on Twitter and shit. No matter, because then what's right. the point? Here's, what's here's, the point? What here, do we gain? Here, here's, what's the gain? Here's what what's the gain, Jules? Here's what you can say. Okay. Is that I'm sorry I yelled. Is that it's unforgivable that you can be the silent either majority or minority and let the guy continue to exist, not send out these horrible messages that do nothing for anyone, or want and, and employers like to possibly said, get in trouble for hiring him. Where you said it's all that, such bullshit. Where you said there's nothing to gain. Well, here's the thing though. Uh, you can again, there are certain things. There are certain things that people can consider unforgivable, and I don't want this person employed. Like, I believe that that's democracy. I believe that that's people's yeah. rights, basically to say that I speak, and we've had this conversation you know, about comedians and all these things where it's their, where it's people's right to speak with their pocketbook. You know what I think say, the problem I don't is, though? You, have you know what I think the problem is, though? And, 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 and we can wrap it up, but... I believe, and you're not on social media, yeah. but so much of the social, so much of the social media complaining and and and, and vitriol right. is frankly bullshit yeah. and fake. Yep. And but that gains traction, you know what I mean, and does affect companies for sure and stuff like that. And I feel like, but most, here's but here's the by thing. the way, all these people who talk shit about him on Twitter. I'm sure they're all just saints. But, I'm but, sure they're all just the right, best of course. people you got, in the world. You got the whole, you know, throwing fucking stones when you live in a glass house. People living in their fucking mom's basement. You know what I mean? But 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 here's here's the thing: is that you have to put a little bit of responsibilities on the companies not to fall to this thing that is very well, very vocal nice. minority. Yeah, you know, who feels. Like, they should be able to bully companies into d taking certain actions. That, my friend, is the world we live in. I agree. And it's fucked up. But you have this... But it's a new form you of You have this, this vocal minority, like you called me, who is so much louder than everybody else. For sure. It's like... You know, when I remember Howard Stern, right, when he got, got yanked off the radio. You know, some church, they wrote 100 letters to the to the radio station. 100 letters out of, out of 20 million listeners. Right. But it, it worked. You know what I mean? Because those are the only people they heard from. It's just, I don't know. It all sucks. Yeah. It all sucks. Everything sucks. Life sucks. Uh, we're about 40 minutes in here. And what? We're looking at this uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, Tyson Fury preview. On, you got to uh, love watching Deontay Wilder highlights. We're just not to do that. We going to watch this? When is it? The 22nd? I think so. Yeah. I can probably... Yeah. We going to watch XFL? No, you got the kids this weekend. Yeah, right? I got the kids this weekend, so I can't watch XFL this okay. uh, this weekend. Okay, that's perfect. Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, you, you know. Maybe I'll find a new podcast partner to watch. I don't know. Wow, Todd. I'm not saying I will, but maybe. You're God children. You know that, right? You, you don't remember that? No, I remember it. I feel like they would want you to be here. Anyway. Uh, I can guarantee you they don't. All right. We're you, want, you want them to be here? Bring them over. I should bring them over, yeah. Bring them over. We should, we should see how much we get done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we're good. We're like 40 minutes. Put a cap on it. Put a cap on it.